0: Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm gonna throw some Latin your way, so get ready for it. Perpetua reformata. Say it with me. Perpetua reformata. Now this is the nerdy Latin way of saying, always reforming. So let's practice our church nerdiness together again, okay? Perpetua reformata. Perpetua reformata. This is a phrase that comes to us directly from the Reformers in the Protestant Reformation. Five centuries ago, the Pope and all his posse thought that Martin Luther and those that agreed with him were a new kind of heretic that needed to be dealt with in new ways. For their part, Martin Luther and the other Reformers knew that God calls the Church to always be changing. or In nerdy Latin church-speak, once again, the church always needs to be perpetua reformata, always reforming. Now, This belief helped them to stand strong in the face of the excommunications, uprisings, imprisonment, executions, and the religious holy wars that they fought, which were all part and parcel of the Reformation in Western Europe. If it is God's will that the church always be changing, then uh, then suffering the weight of these changes was more bearable than if the reformers were simply trying something new because they were tired of the old ways. No, it is God's will that we always be reforming and we do our best to live in accordance with God's will that requires us to change still today. Perpetua Reformata. Now, some might scoff at the ideas of Lutherans being associated with change or embracing it in any way. Yeah, I see Dustin laughing there. <laughs> we are known for our traditions, after all. The joke, how many Lutherans does it take to change a light bulb, it doesn't go very far. Because the ideas of Lutherans changing anything at all, even burned out lights, seems like a non-starter, right? Actually, (laughs) that light's been out for months. (laughs) I like to joke with people that Lutherans think we changed things perfectly with the 95 Theses, the Augsburg Confession, and all the other uh, theological corrections that were part of the Reformation in the 1520s and 30s. Since we got it right the first time, we have a hard time why other churches keep changing. What is the need for Baptists, Methodists, Assemblies of God, Pentecostals, and all the other thousands of denominations that keep popping up? Look at us Lutherans, guys. We got it right the first time. Just stick with us. We know what we are doing with our robes and our liturgies and German and Scandinavian hymns, right? Why do all these churches keep changing in different and divergent ways? Just stick with the original reformers. I'm joking, of course. In fact, we should not pretend that Lutheranism is the same as it was five centuries ago, either. Lutheranism is now global in scale, global in meaning, global in its gatherings, and global in its significance. To be a Lutheran no longer means to be a Saxon-German from Wittenberg, a Dane from the island of Zealand like my ancestors, or to be from other Lutheran countries in Europe. There are strong, thriving congregations and church bodies whose membership consists of native Ethiopians, Namibians, Brazilians, Japanese, Malaysians and nations from all over the world. As the gospel of Jesus Christ could no longer be contained behind the paywall of the Roman Catholic hierarchy, the good news spread around the world. As it did, the Lutheran focus on the ultimate, infinite graciousness of God spread with it. The gospel truth that we do not need to earn God's favor. We cannot earn God's love and we have no need to earn God's forgiveness because it is already offered freely without restraint. It's a message of reassurance and grace that has truly gone global. Perpetua reformata. Locally, here in little old Ronan, Montana, we have celebrated change today in a different way. For the first time in this building's 80-year history, we have made the entrance to our sanctuary fully accessible to people of all sorts of abilities. The few stairs into our sacred space are not much of a barrier for most, but for some people, these few stairs have been a great obstacle for them to be able to worship freely, to hear the gospel proclaimed over their life, and for them to receive the sacraments. The world has changed, and people are now living longer than they used to. In my research of planning for our <clears throat> um, for how to make our church more accessible, I discovered that the average life expectancy in the United States was nearly 20 years younger when the church, the, the church was built than these days. When the original sanctuary and fellowship hall were constructed. Issues around aging and declining abilities over time were far less of a challenge for most than they are today. Healthcare, sanitation, and a variety of other services in our world have changed to better support our citizens as we age. We must respond to these changes as a church, and we have taken significant steps toward that with the remodel that we have blessed this morning perpetua reformata as we bless this change today we also remember and honor those who organized this community of faith and built the original church building our congregation uh, came together and was organized in 1938 at the tail end of the great depression actually Diane you were born in 38 too right no. No, you weren't. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, 39. 39, oh. I was, I was way off. <laughs> so we were organized in 38, just a full, long year before Diane was born. And at the tail end of the Great Depression. While our economy had been growing again for several years by that point, I can't imagine that it felt like things were on the up and up around here. Nevertheless, still they gathered and imagined a different way of being church here in the Mission Valley. They worshipped the Prince of Peace for the first time in this sanctuary on March 24, 1940. The Prince of Peace as war and genocide raged throughout the rest of the world. They envisioned peace, prosperity, and hope beyond the economic depression that they suffered through and the war that raged all around them. Perpetua Reformata. As I'm sure many of you remember, the first major addition onto this building was undertaken in 1974. I am told that a much younger Luther Thingolstead, served as the lead contractor for the building work, and most of the other workers were volunteers. The focus of this addition was on improving our building to better assist in passing the faith on to the next generation by building more education spaces. Four new classrooms were the focal point of this addition. And I'm sure that many of you can recall far more clearly than I, The years and years of Sunday school lessons that were taught in those spaces. The 1974 edition met the moment in powerful ways to teach the good news of Jesus Christ to the next generations. Perpetua Reformata. Unfortunately... I do not think that those planning planning the 1974 edition ever thought that they would get old. I know, I know. You can let me know after the service if you disagree. (laughs) Apologies ahead of time, I guess. The additional space did wonders for the educational and youth ministry needs of our congregation, but neglected to account for the different abilities of our members and friends as was common for many buildings constructed in the 70s, the the addition failed to provide access to the new classrooms and spaces for people of all abilities. Yet as the educational needs and formats have changed over time, the abilities of our members and neighbors in this community have begun to vary even more. And as this has happened, the Holy Spirit has blessed us with vision and ability to change our space once again. We are grateful to the Lord Almighty for leading us to this remodeled project that we have blessed this morning. I am grateful that we were able to actually follow through with this vision, in spite of structural obstacles that proved far more significant than we originally envisioned. It turned out to be a lot harder to get that project completed. But it happened. Where God wills, there is a way. Perpetua Reformata. So here we are once again on Reformation Sunday, hearing how God leads us to see the new things that God has done in the world and in our community of faith. The Lord declares through the prophet Jeremiah, The days are surely coming, says the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. We hear from the prophet Jeremiah that the promises of God for God's people cannot be refrained, contained, or destroyed. By that point in their history, both Israel and Judah had been conquered by foreign powers. They had been defeated. Still, though God's people had been conquered, God had not. In the face of their defeats and discouragements, God offered them a new covenant full of new hope. Our God is truly a God who embraces the new. Perpetua. Reformata. As we celebrate the changes to our building that God has led us to, we also take Jeremiah's word seriously, that the far more important changes are the ones that are written on our hearts. These changes do not require a massive beam system for support or drywall to cover up the holes that are, uh, holes in the walls that are taken out. The changes that God brings to our souls and writes on our hearts are the promises that God will never leave us or forsake us because God loves us more than our humble minds can even comprehend. Though the church has tried to obscure this truth from time to time, God will always make it known that we are redeemed and made righteous through the goodness of God alone. We give thanks today once again that God used a humble monk professor in Northeast Germany 505 years ago to release this gospel truth on the world once again. And We give thanks to God for how the Lord will reveal his love over and over through the ages, despite any changes that need to be made along the way. Perpetua. Brave Armada. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.